Good morning, noon, and night, ladies and gentlemen. It is I, the man with the plan, the Serengeti with the spaghetti, customer service resident bad boy, Adam Pecora, coming at you on a lovely Monday morning here. We got the windows open. We got the breeze flying in. Looks like uh, summer might be relenting, finally, so thank God. Uh, two weeks has passed. Here we are, Requiem for a Tuesday, yet another one going strong. Uh, please rate, review, subscribe to the show. Numbers keep looking good. I'd like to see that. I uh, got a nice little Guyaki Yerba Mate here, so uh, things are going to get pretty lit as, uh, you know, they tend to. A lot of caffeine in these bad boys, and, you know, not a sponsorship, but uh, might as well be, you know. they I could pay, the, I'd pay them for it, so. See, I'm a natural. Uh, I mean, let's just dive right in. We got uh, some pretty... Horrific things that are, well, continuing to happen, but uh, spawning right over the border. Of which, I just mean the Illinois-Wisconsin border, all the things going on in Kenosha, I'm sure. You've all heard. But that's just a stone's throw away. I mean, there's a commuter train that goes to Kenosha from, from Chicago. I mean, it's like, you know, it's back and forth all day. It's, it is right there. So... I mean, I don't know. It's just like, are we ever going to figure it out? Because it's just like the fact that there's even still an argument happening is just insane. I'm just kind of amazed by the whole thing. It's like there's a, a teenager murdered some people. And there's a bunch of people like, hell yeah. It's like, when was this ever accepted at any point in time? Open. I mean, I guess the answer to that is pretty consistently all the time, but I guess not this blatantly. Like, that you could just walk up and murder people and, like, people on TV will say that you're awesome. It is very dangerous and very scary. Because it's right there. You know, nobody's stopping them from coming through i don't know not even that that's a thing i mean it's just all around you i guess that that's the scary part you know it's just like they got good outlet malls up in kenosha you know what i mean we used to go up there to get the nikes because that's what you you know what i mean that's what you got to do when you got to look good but you're on a budget you head up to kenosha (laughs) and everything should be all right you know you get some new glarus a pair of shoes you make a day of it and now all of a sudden it's like, eh, might have to pay full price for my sneakers. Um, but in all seriousness, I mean, I'm glad that um, Jacob Blake survived. Uh, as, Which is crazy. I mean, he just should have survived the whole scenario anyway. Because, <clears throat> you know, people just shouldn't be shot for no reason all the time. But I guess that that's just my opinion. And, uh, yeah, I mean, it's a shame that um, he is at least currently paralyzed. I mean, it's crazy. You know, you the from what I've heard, the story is like he was breaking up a fight or whatever. And it's like, imagine you try to go break up a fight or whatever. It doesn't matter really what the scenario is. And that's the point. Who gives a fuck what he was doing? He wasn't killing anyone or hurting anyone. So problem fucking solved. Uh, but either way, it's just like imagine you're just trying to go to the fucking store and then the next thing you know, you are like the center of national media attention. That must be pretty fucking rough. Like to have that burden now. You know what I mean? Because uh, obviously just having to deal with the fact that you may be murdered at any second is pretty fucking rough. So I can't imagine what that must be like. But then on top of that, it's just like, you know, next thing you know, you wake up in a fucking hospital and you don't even know that the whole world is like fucking burning. And people want, you know what I mean? I just hope that people don't like want answers from this guy. Because 
Uh, he was visually attacked. So that's all I'm saying. So it's just like, it's not about the guy. It's not about the victim. You know what I mean? Like there just shouldn't be a victim. I guess is the point I'm trying to make. See what I mean this year, but it really gets me going. And before you know it, you know, you're halfway to fucking St. Louis trying to get some pizza. Um, but I do love that the NBA stood in solidarity with the whole thing. Um, I mean, the Milwaukee Bucks were going to take an L. I mean, they're playing the fucking Magic, so that's maybe <laughs> not as big of a gesture as uh, it might seem. But, I mean, no, I, I get the point of the whole thing. You do it when you can, obviously, anyway. But, I mean, shouts out to the NBA for being like, you guys don't have to forfeit any games here. Like, we get where you're all are coming from. Because, um, I mean, clearly it's tough on a lot of those dudes. They get... They've been getting very emotional from what I've seen. Again, thanks a lot, NBA, by making your games impossible to watch. But whatever. Uh, <laughs> they, you know, they, um, they've been very supportive of all the dudes, and, like, all the dudes are, they're struggling. I mean, being isolated and all that shit, that can't be easy, and I get it. Like, you're millionaires, so... I'm not going to feel terrible for your situation. I mean, take me to a resort. <laughs> you know, I'm not going to complain about it. But that's just me. Uh, but anyway, my point is, is that it was totally the right move. I, I, I didn't understand, like, why it was a short-term thing versus a long... I didn't understand, like, what was going to come of it. You know what I mean? And when it initially happened, I was like, oh, shit. Well, it's over. You know what I mean? I kind of thought that they were just like, dude, we shouldn't have played. Like, period. And I guess that they had a big group meeting and, like, figured all that out. You know, this, that's for sports reporters to give you the info for. Uh, it's just crazy to me. I, I, I was like, they're going to fucking leave. And either way, it's... It's... It's historic in that I feel like every other time you see athletes do a thing outside of like the major outside of like Olympic stuff, it kind of just seems like whenever and like a U.S. athlete speaks out, that's just like in a league that it's ba- not even spe- speaks out, sits out, whatever you want it to be, just basically tries to do their thing their way and is about it. I mean, look at Kaepernick, that you basically just get treated like shit and everybody's like "fuck you" and shut up and play. And, I mean, it's it's just great to see that finally maybe we'll realize that the owners probably aren't good dudes and probably shouldn't be respected most of the time. And I don't know. I mean, I think I've made this comparison before, but anybody who's ever worked at a store that has helped make a store thousands of dollars when you get paid pennies on that dollar you realize the same thing. So imagine that on a level where, you know, you're making billies for somebody, but you might be the eighth man on the roster, right? Well, I guess if you're the eighth man on the roster, you're definitely not making that guy any money. But you get my point. (laughs) It's like either way, you're part of a team that is filling up stadiums and, like, doing real shit. And in turn, I'm like, you're a millionaire yourself, but you see somebody else profiting off of you and then is like, you know, trying to give you shit for using your voice, that that would be pretty fucking rough. And then you have the entire country's media outlet just being like, fuck this guy. He's a piece of shit. <laughs> He's the worst. Get him off the team. Shut him up. You know, and it's just like, whoa, why is everybody so upset about this? Uh, And it turns out, you know, maybe they're trying to protect the guard. The old blood, if you will. Um, But again, in all seriousness, uh, I do do hope that, uh, you know, whatever initiatives they came to and agreements that came into place, I hope that that does follow through the way that the players hope it follows through and that. You know, sitting up for that game was effective, and we will remember it as effective and, like, uh, a big moment. Because it also does feel like it wasn't it wasn't shocking in the way that it normally would have been. 
kind of like what I was just mentioning. Like, I feel like the initial thing would have just been, you know, a bunch of people coming up on ESPN, screaming into the camera, screaming at each other, yelling about how these people need to be in check and that this is unacceptable and you're under contract and da-da-da-da-da-da-da. And that's kind of, I was expecting like a backlash, like, okay, it's gone too far. But I mean, everybody kind of seemed to get it. Or there, or at least you're kind of just like, I. there's nothing that you're going to say here that's going to like change people's mentality on it. You know what I mean? Like you're not going to come with the one take where the people are like, oh yeah, you're right. We shouldn't have done this. It's like, no, like, they're doing something that's, like, fucking right. You know, let's just let people do what's right now. <laughs> you know what I mean? I think that's what the NBA was. It's like, yo, this is a huge breach of what we're about, like, contractually. Um, But, I mean, this is, like, as justifiable as you could possibly imagine. You know what I mean? So it's like, let, let's, let's, let's let this happen, please. Um, but I do wonder, I mean, you definitely, you know that there's some owners that like have animosity about it. They're like, these fucking guys, they're coming for us. (laughs) You know what I mean? And they're definitely scared because I do, I mean, you do wonder, right? Like theoretically, do the players net, like, will they going forward? Because I mean, this season is specific. This is like as voluntary as being an athlete could ever be where it's like you know what i mean everybody's kind of just giving them a pass for a bunch of stuff and justifiably so again um but like going forward are they gonna try a bunch of like power flexes and power moves like in times when it's not related to a crisis i think that's the interesting part like going forward is everybody gonna realize that like oh i have all the leverage because if i don't play basketball then there's just no basketball you know like is lebron finally just gonna be like bro i'm just gonna play in the playoffs (laughs) going forward which could be possible i think that if he ends up getting all the points records if he doesn't already have the playoff ones which i think he might whatever gone off the rails <clears throat> with my inaccurate information but whatever if he hits all his records he might he could just be like fuck you guys <laughs> or i'm gonna play 12 minutes a game you know bring me in in the fourth quarter i'll drop 25 or whatever i don't know i just think that would be fun there's not enough like you know what i mean i want more excitement if we're gonna start doing shit Let's really start doing it. Because in the NFL, it doesn't work. You know what I mean? The dude holds out, and then the owners are like, dude, we're not going to pay you. And then he's like, all right, well, I'll see you guys week one. Um, And there's 53 dudes on a roster. You know, one guy's like, fuck this. And then they're like, okay, peace. Because there's 500 guys coveting every single spot on every team. So, I mean... The NBA, they just have that huge advantage where they can kind of get away with whatever they want. I have no idea what I just said, so we're gonna move on. You know, sometimes I'm just getting, I'm in that caffeine zone, just ripping them off. I feel like, does caffeine is is there a study like is caffeine more effective in the morning? Is that a thing? Like, does it okay or question? Maybe not time of day. But is it more effective when you are tired? Now, this sounds ridiculous off the bat, right? Because your quick answer might either easily be yes or no, (laughs) right? But think about this. When you're feeling like all right, pretty level and clean, and you're like, let me get it. I'm just going to get a coffee. I know I got like four hours left in this Tyler Perry marathon, <laughs> so let me let me get a black cup of Joe and let's let's grind this out. Um, I got a report due nine a.m. boss's desk, so we got to get this ready to go. Doesn't it 
isn't it more likely to be neutral? I feel like, yes, if you have a or an increased likelihood of basically just being cracked out and, like, you might as well have just taken some Vivance <laughs> and, like, ran around. But I feel like there's also just as equally of a likelihood that you'll basically just sip it and it'll be pretty chill. Whereas I feel like nine times out of ten, a morning coffee gets you cracked the fuck out because you were previously groggy and now you have a ton of energy. Maybe the empty stomach factor. See, this is why I got to talk things out on here. Because I'm sure to the casual listener, you're like, well, yeah, dumb fuck. But see, I this this is what I need. This is what I need it for. This is what we're doing here. We're, we're getting down to the bottom of the things that you know most people just don't want to discuss. I'm out here asking asking the tough, hard questions, and you know what I mean. I'm not afraid. I'm not afraid of the repercussions. <laughs> I. Uh, my journalistic integrity will never be compromised. But I wasn't kidding when I told you I had to go down to bi-weekly because there wasn't that much to talk about. <laughs> I mean, clearly. I've just been kind of diving deep into the depths of my own psyche. And let me tell you, ladies and gentlemen, it is not pretty. So what I did instead recently, possibly, I think it was last Tuesday... Interestingly enough, I was like, you know what? Since this is one of the off Tuesdays, let's let's get let's get some episodic research going. And I took the plunge. I did what many have done since uh what do we want to call it? The handy pandy began. D <laughs> uh that was fun. But uh, I, I watched Contagion. Now, holy fuck. That was crazy. And I didn't do it. Well, I mean, I did it because it makes sense. And yeah, so for those who aren't aware, 2011 movie, Steven Soderbergh. I'm not even going to begin to list the people in this cast because it's like A-list stacked like 11, 12 deep, and that might be a selfish number. It may need to be bigger. Off the top of my head, not even sure. But, I mean, you should have me at Soderbergh alone. Cliff Martinez did the score, and let me tell you, he did a wonderful job. This was 2011, right? So he does Drive in this movie same year. What a streak, okay? So also, that's peak of his powers, because, I mean... If you are not a fan of at least the Drive soundtrack, you got some shit fucked up, and we're on different wavelengths here. Um, but also, if you don't like the movie as a whole, fuck you, because it's fucking awesome. Different, different show. Different show. We're not going to do that right now. But I, I also do just want to, I, I want to say, I was hesitant to watch it for a couple reasons. One, I'm not big on the trend hopping. Now, I know that there's going to be a lot of contradictions that come to your mind immediately upon hearing that. One, The Last Dance was looking forward to that from announcement. That's Michael Jordan. There was also nothing else to watch, so everybody was going to be watching that. That's trendy on everybody else. Two, Tiger King, we didn't know. It was just like on the trending thing, and we were like, all right, let's do it. And then we, like, checked the internet after watching it, found out it was a global phenomenon, and it was like, okay, pretty good to be in on this, because probably would have watched it anyway. Let's just be honest. There are some that are so big that it's like, I gotta know what this is, especially when shit's that crazy. Uh, anyway, I don't know why I felt the need to defend that. I guess I didn't. It was just to prove the point that I'm not. Hopping on the dick. Still haven't seen A Quiet Place. Don't care to. So, like, things like that. Plus, what's the one with Sandra Bullock? 
Anyway, if it has Sandra Bullock in it, I won't watch it. She is horrendous. I don't get it and probably never will. I think that she is very annoying. Her face, bothersome. Um, Maybe she's a good actress, but maybe all of her characters are terrible. Who am I to say? Um, but I mean, just watch Gravity. If you want to try to tell me, I think I've done the Gravity rant on this show, frankly, because that's how much I don't like Sandra Bullock. <laughs> anyway, just fuck Sandra Bullock. Sorry. We're talking about Contagion, ladies and gentlemen. So obviously pretty late to the game. Back to the reasons why I didn't want to do it. So one, don't like the trendy thing. It just feels disingenuous, and I feel like, well, usually the reasoning is just because the thing that's trending just typically isn't that good, right? It's not this, I just want to also clarify this, it is not this, like, urge to, like, avoid that out of, like, a coolness thing. It's just that, like, usually that shit kind of sucks. You know what I mean? It's just like, eh, that was disappointing. Like we talked about like with Parasite. Took me forever to watch Parasite. It's like I'll usually come around. It's like when I'm ready, I'll do it. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's just like just don't tell me to do it. And I think that that's really where it comes from. It's ultimately I just don't want to be I don't want to be pushed around by these goddamn algorithms trying to tell me what I need to watch, when I need to watch it. Okay? I'm going to watch what I'm going to watch when I want to watch it. You got it? Yeah. Uh reason <laughs> reason number 2. Uh <laughs> As we talk through my personal issues for authority. Uh, reason number two, fear. <laughs> Let's just be honest. Apparently, well, what I was hearing, and which I find to be very correct, in my opinion, uh, is the realism in this film seemed to be very scary to watch. I didn't want to watch it because it would have absolutely destroyed my mentality on what was happening you know if i'd watched this in like february march it was like launched onto hbo max too so i mean whenever that would have happened i could have watched it then would have absolutely ruined any type of positive outlook i had on what was going on uh because let me tell you this movie is the worst case scenario <laughs> it is absolutely everything that we were afraid of, especially in March. So if I would have seen this in March, I don't know what would have happened. I probably would have had a complete mental breakdown. <laughs> um, And I guess reason number three would kind of be the inverse of that, which is which just plays into the first two things combined, kind of, I guess. Or it plays into the the inverse of the second one? I don't know. They're connected somehow. Uh, but the third one would pretty much be like the opposite thing, which is what if it's so off that it's like, oh, well, the fact that this movie's trending doesn't really make sense anymore. You know what I mean? Like, imagine if they're... Well, it's almost impossible to make a comparison, <laughs> but the first thing that came to my mind which probably will sound crazy, but imagine if there was like a big alligator scare or crocodile scare, and then all of a sudden we're all watching Godzilla. Now that's a leap. Um, I guess the equivalent would be like, okay, coronavirus happens, and now we're all watching 28 days later. That's a big gap. Um, that would be pretty alarming <laughs> if that were the case. That we were all afraid of. Um, but also, one final reason before I'm gonna I'm gonna dive into what goes on in this thing. Full on spoiler alert, the movie's nine fucking years old and was already trendy. So I mean, come on. Stop it and go watch it because your mind will be blown, and I'll get to that point in a second. But the last thing, which is completely on me and is a huge issue frankly is that uh i am just not watching soderbergh movies 
and I don't know why. And that's the biggest problem is like I do not have a reasonable excuse. There's not a movie that I have seen by him that I don't like love. You know what I mean? It's like he's batting a hundred, a thousand, a hundred. I sound like a fucking idiot. My sports takes have been pretty weak. Both this past, the last episode and this one now, I understand. I usually pride myself on having pretty solid, you know, knowledge bases and opinions. But, I mean, the lack of sports has just been rough on me. And the lack of cable on top of it, again, NBA, put more games on ABC, please. Or it's also just like, why did you push ESPN Plus so bad if you're not going to air, like, anything on it? But shout out to UFC for being on there. Um, And I will further interject on that once more with the breaking news that the Jaguars just cut Leonard Fournette, who admittingly has been disappointing, but basically anytime anybody gets cut, I'm like, can the Bears just sign him, please? And they usually don't, and they probably won't. But I will add to my list of bad sports takes by saying that they should sign Leonard Fournette because the one-two punch of Jordan Howard and Tariq Cohen was the whole success of the whole offense. I think we can now say retroactively because without Jordan Howard last year, David Montgomery is clearly a good running back, but we needed Jordan Howard to power through and pave the way because he can run north and south. Montgomery needs space. Tariq Cohen needs space. If you don't give them that, and there's no option of that, the defense is going to know exactly what you're doing, especially when you also can't throw. So we need a guy on the team that can just fucking run through the tackles and power people down. None of the offense is going to work otherwise because there's no competency. Unless Nick Foles can fucking stay healthy for a season and play to his full potential, then we don't have a shot, frankly. So I'm just going to interject with that. The Bears, it's just like they're right there. You know what I mean? If they would have just drafted somebody else, I'm not going to do it again. Not going to do it again. Okay, back to contagion. Um, yeah, so Soderbergh. Okay, still haven't seen sexualized videotape. His big breakthrough thing. I know, I'm slacking, but I mean, it's like the Ocean's trilogy. Love it. Uh, what else do we got? You already know that I fucking love that trilogy. Uh, I think other than that, I've like only seen, I think I've seen Aaron Brockovich, like technically. He's probably too young. Should rewatch that. I mean, you know, I've seen like the famous parts of Magic Mike. <laughs> uh, Logan Lucky, that was awesome. That movie was fun as hell. But I mean, other than that, I, I'm missing all of it. I haven't seen fucking Out of Sight. I mean,. The informant, I didn't really want to, but it's probably good. You know what I mean? Um, I haven't seen Haywire. That seems fun as hell. Um, side effects doesn't seem great, but man, I love Rooney Mara. Social network for life, bro. Um, and any of the new, the newer stuff, I haven't seen any of that either. So, I mean, just way behind. And it's weird because, as I've talked about, I love going through people's filmographies. His is a little bit bigger. He works a lot faster. He's also, he also, I don't think, writes. I think he wrote Sex, Lies, and Videotape and maybe some of his other earlier ones. But then I think he, like, strictly became a director. So it's a little easier to turn him out, I would guess. He's also, like, filming on iPhones and shit. Like, the guy is way out there, way ahead of the thing. And he just know he just knows what he's doing. And he's involved in everything. And I feel like I would be, too. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know technically how to be a director but I totally do because I would absolutely be able to give people answers and know exactly what I want at any time and I would definitely be involved in like every process I wouldn't want it to differ Uh, I feel like that's where I would suck as a director though I would probably not be willing to delegate enough Um, but you gotta have the right people so anyway that's a whole nother conversation yeah so I'm slacking on the Soderbergh stuff we gotta we got to fix that. But brass tacks now. Here we go. 
I guess technically spoiler alert, but we're fucking halfway into the episode at least so far. So if you're not ready to hear some shit, then that's on you. Uh, this film is fucking insane. <laughs> so in this, okay. So for reference, this movie came out in 2011, and I guess the closest comp I have for it would, I guess, be for movies that I've seen, like 28 Days Later, because at least that movie that was like an indie art house movie. So like the horror elements of it were pretty minimal. Like, most of the time, I feel like it was, like, it was, well, probably because of the budget, but it was just, like, a human story, which was cool, but it kind of shows a similar des- yeah. Desec- desecration, desolation, whatever you want of the nation, P- or world, frankly, because that movie's not even set in America. Anyway. <laughs> um... It, my point being that in 2011, Contagion would have seemed just like that. Totally implausible sci-fi, but like, damn, that's a good flick. Um, I guess basically what I'm saying is if you saw this movie prior to 2020, um, it would probably scare the shit out of you. Like, well, that's great. Maybe last a week or two. You know, like when you saw An Inconvenient Truth and you thought maybe you were going to get rid of your car. How'd that work out? <laughs> uh, but I remember when I saw Who Killed the Electric Car, we were on vacation, I believe, in St. Louis in some, like, little indie... Th- it wasn't, like, an indie theater necessarily, but one of those, like, old, just, like, duplex theaters, something like that. Uh, they happened to be playing it, and we went and saw it, and uh, we got into our car afterwards, and I was like, "Where? this is it. Like, the planet's over. And that movie came out in, like, 2005 or something. Uh, and I would say within a week or two, I was like, you know, pretty over it. But as a kid, I was like freaking the fuck out. And I think that that's what would have happened if I saw this earlier. Again, if I had seen this right at the pandemic, I would have freaked the fuck out. But seeing it now, it's just like, damn, Steven Soderbergh, how the fuck did you do this? So now I'm going to finally say some details and stop talking around the whole thing like a goddamn idiot. <laughs> We finally made it, ladies and gentlemen. But basically, in the movie, there is a respiratory illness. Same type of thing. They don't know what it is. They think it's a flu, cold thing. Um, one of the initial doctors that reports on a death of this, like, they don't think it's a new thing. They're just like, some lady just died. And he's basically like, I don't know, man. She fucking died because of a thing. It's over. You, you know, he was basically like kind of a dick. And... It all traces back, they think, to, like, a weird food thing, possibly with bats, like, in China. And people are wearing masks, and people don't want to touch each other. And so the big difference in the movie, let me just say, is it's basically the film adaptation of reality. Um, so I'd mentioned on the show before, like, obviously... We all thought that, I don't want to say apocalypse, but I guess we thought that a scenario like this would be more dire, kind of like in Contagion, because we're used to movies and shit showing us extremes, when in reality, the version of it is always more tame, a la, yet again, the social network, um, or, you know, president, I mean, I'm sure presidential stuff's pretty goddamn serious all the time, so maybe not that example. But you know what I mean. Like, whenever they try to show a thing, it's dramatized for the film, and that makes sense. And so it's basically like, imagine if you just took coronavirus and dramatized it for a movie. That's what Contagion is. So the virus in the movie, it kills like it kills a lot more rapidly. It's like 25%. Uh, and it happens, like, instantly, which leads to more of a panic. Um, but also, I, I do realize that now probably would have caused... It probably would have accurately caused as much of a panic, but probably less of a shutdown type of scenario because of the two-week incubation thing kind of fucks us all up. But I, like pretty much other than that, I mean, 
it's super spot on. They did like a ton of crazy research. The movie is like insanely medically accurate and also like just knowing what happened this year is like insanely insanely spot on. Um and this movie just cuts back and forth to different parts of the world where different like high level people in different scenarios are trying to navigate this in their own way and I will say this movie even predicted like the witch doctor shit because Jude Law in this movie which wow he was amazing in it um you wouldn't think that Jude Law just look at that guy you wouldn't think that Jude Law could be anybody but Jude Law at least <laughs> that's how I feel about that guy um Maybe I haven't seen enough Jude Law either. We're learning every day here. That's what this show is all about. <laughs> you know what I mean? What did I learn? What happened in this last week or two weeks? You know, this is the Requiem right here, ladies and gentlemen. Jude Law <laughs> is the man. Anyway, uh, but he plays like a blogger guy who in 2011... That was a much less respected form of medium, and he basically gets shit on by everybody, but at least, like, the CDC people he's, like, trying to talk to, he's, like, trying to get inside info, and they're like, you're not a real journalist. Also, the movie opens with him trying to break the story on the virus, and the newspaper shuts him down. Crazy. Crazy. So that's the only, I would say that that is the biggest, I'm going to get to his whole thing, but the biggest difference probably is that uh, that he doesn't make the whole thing go viral right away, because it's like viral internet news wasn't a thing, and we still like had trusted sources back then. So that's one thing that is like kind of unrelatable, just given the time that it came out, kind of fair. Um, but yeah, anyway... He basically finds his own hydroxychloroquine thing, claims that it works, and a bunch of people take it and, like, die. Now, the difference, the major difference, is that that guy is a blogger guy, and this time, it's the president. <sighs> Plus all the blogger people doing all that shit. But the president makes it worse, whereas in the movie, the government is the voice of reason that tries to shut this guy down. <laughs> Things weren't as batshit back then, uh, so we'll let that slide. But if you remake Contagion, the president brings that guy on. He, he starts working for the White House, and everything gets worse. Um, so, yeah, I mean, the integrity of information did not age well. If you watch Contagion, you're like, damn, are these people being held accountable for their actions? That's absurd. Who would have thought? That was my biggest takeaway, probably. But, um, yes, back to the task at hand. And so, oh yeah, all the various networks, they're going through different things. There's a lady who's in China, like, trying to help figure shit out. Lawrence Fishburne is, like, head of the CDC. And same shit. People are, like, not trusting the CDC, not trusting this, not trusting that. Some people think that they already have a vaccine, some people don't want it, blah, 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 blah. All the same shit that's going on now, like all this conspiracy shit, it all goes down in the movie, like exactly the same way. Now again, the virus is way worse in the movie, and there's like literal, like, aggressive, like, it's like looting for supplies to like bunker down and like do all that, like apocalypse style. Obviously, in the movie, there's not also a ton of racial tension going on. Like, you know, they kind of didn't collide. I mean, if he had predicted that, <laughs> it would be like, we'd be asking him what the lottery numbers are. Um, but yeah, so, and then Matt Damon basically plays the husband of Patient Zero, who he also finds out was like banging some dude on vacation. And then she dies. And then she gives it to their kid and he dies. And it's like, oh my God. And nobody gives a fuck either. This guy isn't like 
being taken care of or anything because everybody panics and he just kind of gets pushed aside and then he starts to freak out and blah, 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 blah. Um, he does everything he can to like protect his daughter from germs, which makes sense. I mean, you fucking lose everything. Your whole world comes crashing down like instantly. Everything you thought you knew is over. Like that's that's tough to handle. But I mean, then it bounces to Kate Winslet, who is a tour de force, as always. Um, I mean, is there a better actress? Probably Meryl Streep, but it's pretty close. It's pretty close. Love me some Kate Winslet. The The worst part about the movie is that she's not in it long, which I also get as the point. Um, whether she had the time or not to be in it more, I don't know. Maybe that's why she had the smaller part. I also do kind of get it for the movie. Like, you see, you're like, oh, first of all, that's Kate Winslet, so she's probably the hero just because she's Kate Winslet. Like, she must be the star, right? So that's probably a factor. As to, also, again, a spoiler, they kill her off. She gets, she gets the disease. Now, here's my thing on Kate Winslet in this movie. I want more. I get it. I don't know if it's the impact of killing off literally Kate Winslet or Kate Winslet's character as a representation or both. I get the impact of killing her off. Um, but the movie's better with more Kate Winslet. I mean, that's just how that is. Because the impact of it was pretty big. But then the rest of the movie kind of tapers off. Which, I mean, also makes sense. There's an initial chaos. And then it's about the process through a vaccine, which comes a lot more quickly. It seems, I mean, the movie is incredibly fast-paced. You know Soderbergh. It's cut, 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 cut. Um, There are some shots where it's literally like they'll do like an establishing shot of Chicago and then just like show someone in a car and then boom, they'll like cut to another city. And it's like, did you guys spend like $200,000 just to quickly film someone in a vehicle on the highway just to show where we're at. It's like there's like 500 different shots in this movie, it seems like. And it's, at, at the same time, that also kind of makes me realize why he would rather use an iPhone. It's like let's take 10 million different shots and they don't cost anything to set up. Anyway, that's just me geeking out. But... um. It's like, oh, well, here's our say. And it's just like, I wish that the lady who found the vaccine in the movie, I don't even know the actress's name, switch characters. Make her the Kate Winslet character. Make her just as charismatic, just as intelligent, just as capable. Make it seem like she's going to save the day still, again. And then make Kate Winslet the hero. Which I also didn't like how the hero was like such a hero. It was kind of dumb, like, the fact that a doctor would save the world by trying the vaccine on themselves in, like, such a dramatic fashion. I just think that they're, the whole movie tried so hard to accurately portray everything, the science and the medicine and stuff, um, that the scene where she, she tests her vaccine on herself was uh, a little hammy. You know, very gratuitous film scene. And I couldn't, I, that's the part. I couldn't see Kate Winslet playing that ridiculous, generic of a scene. Uh, but other than that, no, no real gripes. But the movie slows without her. She's just a force. She talks fast. She works hard. You know, she's smarter than everybody. Um, but then the fact that, like, they just cut to her in, like, a mass grave. And it's just, like, so depressing. Like, just one of the numbers. You think that she's going to fix it all. And she was so careful. It's just like, Jesus. That That's the part, too, that would have, like, really shook me. Where it's like, that lady, the lady that works for the CDC, who's on top of it all? You know what I mean? She, like, sets up a temporary hospital in a hockey rink in, like, 20 minutes. <laughs> and it's like, that lady who's got it all figured out? Could be anybody. Um, terrifying. So yeah, I'll always vote for more Kate Winslet, is my point. She has, like, no face. You know what I mean? It's like, I don't really know what Kate Winslet looks like, I think. 
I don't know what it is because it's not like she does a bunch of crazy shit to like change what she looks like ever. It's just like her face is so almost nondescript. And don't get me wrong, also, she's an incredibly beautiful woman. Um, but it just it suits to her acting ability so much. I mean, she's so talented, but also just like the fact I don't know. The fact that she just like looks she looks so different in every movie. I just feel like if she dyes her hair, it's like that's a completely different person. You know, so she can put on all these costumes and just become anybody. She's very malleable. <laughs> uh, so shout out to you, Kate Winslet. But, I mean, everybody's good. Lawrence Fishburne plays a CDC guy who he sends out a call and he's like, hey, to my fiance in Chicago, he's like, yo, get in a car and fucking leave. Shit is real. And uh, one of the things I don't buy is like if your boy is at the CDC and he says to run, you better run. She was like at the grocery store like chilling. Um, but anyway, they're, they're like, yo, dude, you're going to get fucking arrested again. Held accountable. Does that happen again? Probably not. But at the same time, are dudes at the CDC hitting people up and letting them know what's happening before it goes public? I would say 100%, especially given the level of corrupt ineptitude <laughs> that we're dealing with. You know what I mean? In 2011, I feel like it's hard, it's hard to get, gauge, obviously, but I feel like everyone was in a place, was in a place where... I mean, the you wouldn't have bought into any of this. And I know I mentioned that at the beginning that it was like a sci-fi thing, but I don't even necessarily... I mean, the virus thing, you never would have believed that. I mean, you probably would have believed that it could happen, but probably not that intensely, right? Kind of like this, I guess. Or maybe worse. <laughs> maybe the big concern around this was that you thought it would be worse. Um, but I would say the most impressive prediction is all that other shit. Uh, not that this movie was trying to predict anything. But, well, I guess what's aged well is the shit that probably would have been the biggest detractor at the time because all the scientific stuff was well-researched and, I mean, clearly, they basically got this virus knocked down, <laughs> a foreign thing that's respiratory. I mean, it's just like, I guess that that's broad, but... When you see it, like, the resemblance is so uncanny. It's it's scary that they could do this. And, I mean, I guess doctors all said that it was a matter of when, not if. So, blah, 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 blah. Um, but in 2011, it probably would have seemed crazy that there could be, like, I guess you could call it corruption. But whatever. And, I mean, just, like, the crazy blog guy, all that stuff, it probably didn't seem as plausible. I feel like this movie just really understood where society was going. You know, because the movie also shows, like, nobody treats each other well. <laughs> it is all one for one. And they're, like, breaking into people's homes, trying to get vaccines, breaking into stores, trampling, like, all that stuff. You know, the worst case you could imagine... Which is what we all feared was about to happen here. And I mean, I think we do, we all have already forgotten that for a brief period, and I mean, anyway, I'll, I'll just say it and then I'll, I'll cover my ass after. <laughs> uh, but for a brief period uh, before George Floyd was unfortunately and unjustly murdered, there was a period where there was a ton of camaraderie that I recall. And I, I mean, again, I'm going to cover my ass after. So calm down if you're already upset. Uh, but, I mean, there was a period where, like, everybody was trying to help everybody out. We were all trying to talk. We were all trying to blah, blah, blah. And maybe it was just a facade, and that's why it all crumbled. Um, I mean, obviously, the unrest is beyond justified. That's the point that I'm that I was getting at. Um, everything that happened should have happened because of what happened, <laughs> right? Like, not questioning any results here. I mean, I just wish all that shit didn't go down. Um, and obviously all the issues that are being talked about now 
still existed right before George Floyd was murdered. Not trying to undermine any movements here. Um, but there was, there was like a brief period of just positivity where it wasn't just issues, issues, issues all the time. We were like, how do we stop this? There was a brief, brief moment where we all were together with a common enemy. And it was the fucking virus. That was it. It was like people versus Corona instead of people versus people for once. And it was nice. And I think this is also a theory that I've thrown around, which is there hasn't like we're the this country thrives on having an enemy or some kind of major conflict. And I think that that's why shit's terrible. And I mean, again, I know that all of the injustice issues still need to be solved. This That goes without saying going forward. So just understand that. <laughs> I'm tired of having to say it. It's the pressures of these days. Anyway. But if you think about it, right? I mean, World War One goes into, you know, the Roaring Twenties, industrialization, a whole bunch of cool shit happens. That goes into the Depression, terrible moments, everything's awful, goes into World War Two. enemies. You know, there's always something going on, at least, whether there's not a major enemy or conflict with someone else specifically. Like, there's always some kind of enemy, right? The enemy was being poor <laughs> for a minute. Shit like that. But you know what I mean? There's always some need for major initiatives and for the government to really do shit and for the country to come together that kept happening. Um, you know, 50s and 60s, it's the civil rights movement and it's blah, blah, blah. I guess that's the most similar time to now, probably, to where there wasn't an exterior thing. So that was probably a pretty tough time, right? To like be an American, it's like we got to deal with America. People don't want to look in the mirror, you know, because then what happens after that? The war on drugs and shit, you know, all of that goes down and we just keep it inside. But the Cold War is going on. So that's what people want to focus on. You can focus on the Cold War the whole time. Anti-Russia, anti-Cuba, blah, 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 blah. Run it, run it, run it, run it. Everybody seems united, right? All the other shit swept under the rug. Um, I don't know what went down in the 90s. Seemed like everybody was just kind of like, can we just chill? That was a lot of cocaine. <laughs> I need a couple decades to chill. Um, a couple years, whatever. You know, and then, boom, 9-11 goes down. Force a war to happen. So now it's pro-war, anti-war, whatever. That's not going on here. We're not talking about here. We're talking about over there. Things can stay quote-unquote civil. But I think, um, which is good. I mean, I'm glad we're not in some shit. You know what I mean? Last thing we need is another fucking war. It needs to be over. But we need, you know, without that complex thriving, <clears throat> I feel like we fall into these things. Anyway, I'm breezing through history lessons like those are relevant. My point is, I just think that, that that's a big reason why everyone hates each other. Because we can't hate... Like, we have to hate somebody, it seems like. And since there's no other country to hate, we're just like, fuck it, let's hate each other. And I'm not talking about the racial thing. That's a problem, again, that has been ingrained. I just mean, like, Trump versus non-Trump people. It shouldn't be violent, ever. On both sides, like both sides, you shouldn't want to hurt people, period. You know what I mean? And if they want to hurt you, as long as they don't, 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 don't escalate. Like, why is everybody trying to escalate all the time? That's what freaks me out. Anyway, this was supposed to be about contagion. See, it always just seeps in. <laughs> It's like, can we just, I, even me, to myself, it's like, can we just go a little bit like the old times? <laughs> Why can't things be fun anymore? <laughs>
I know that that sounds silly and that may sound selfish. But at the same time, it's like nothing's going to get better. Not right now. Not right now. Um, You know what I mean? It's just like, I don't know. It's all that's on my mind. You know, it's all that's on everyone's mind. It's all that anyone wants to post or talk about at any time. And it's just like, <clears throat> um, I just, I wish there was, m- there was more chances to escape it. Because I'm not trying to diminish the importance. It's just like, bro, I... I don't want it everywhere all the time. You know what I mean? And it's like, I get... Sports needs it. Sports needs to talk about this because they're at the highest level. That's global attention. You know what I mean? But it's like a late night show, a podcast. It's like, again, I know I'm doing it too. It's hard not to, but... Point somebody point me in the direction of some stuff that's just a good old time again. And I think that that'll be nice, right? I think we'll have a nice period of content somewhere eventually that's just back to being fun. That's what I hope happens. I hope it I hope we go back to the 90s. <laughs> Not literally. Not through retroism. But I, I just want the same type of thing to happen. Can we just, like, work on some tech? Let's solve these problems and move on. <laughs> and by solve these problems, I mean vote, ladies and gentlemen. Let's go back to when you had to go on C-SPAN to, f- to hear about any of this. Get it off, Google. Get it off, Instagram. I don't want it. I don't want it. Nobody wants it. Come on. I don't want to know who the senators are. I'll vote in the ones I'm... You know what I mean? I'll vote in the ones I should vote in, and I don't want to know who they are after that. Let me just exist. You know what I mean? Like, why am I? why would you follow a congressperson on Instagram... What are they posting that you want to see? Let's have it be fun again. Anyway, I'm sure that won't go over well somehow. Who cares? Go see Contagion. (laughs) If you haven't watched it, because let me tell you, it's a wild ride and your jaw is going to be on the floor. The last third of the movie is a little slow, but it's not very long. I think it's like sub two hours or like right at the two hour mark. And it just dives right in. There's like not title cards. There's not an opening sequence. Like this thing just starts and it barrels ahead like a runaway semi. It's speed. Keanu Reeves fucking Sandra Bullock. That's stupid. (laughs) I couldn't even keep it going. But, I mean, it it really is just a full head of steam going forward. So, please do it. Your jaw will be on, like, my jaw was on the floor unhinged. I was like, oh, how similar could, you know what I mean? I was like, going in, I'm like, oh, this must be pretty similar. Right? You know what I mean? Like, here and there. It's just a movie about a pandemic. So, it's like, oh, okay. Like, they're probably gonna, you know probably going to be some things in here that I can relate to. And then it's like, oh my god, this is what happened. <laughs> it is uh, it is truly alarming <laughs> that a film could do that much. It is like the Nostradamus of movie making. So I had to throw it in there. And uh, that went pretty long. That's what the Yerbamante does. So, <laughs> the ramble edition happened yet again. I told you, I'll sprinkle them in every now and then. It's just going to be full force, head honcho, 100%, 60 miles an hour. That's not that fast. I don't know why I own 60. That's the limit. Buckle up. 
follow the rules, and uh, follow me on Instagram at adam.arfat. Uh, link in bio's got all the goods, all the goods you could ever ask for. And please rate, review, and subscribe to this show. Uh, I will be back in two weeks. Hopefully with uh, some good news. Some great things to talk about. Um, Hopefully they fucking arrest some murderers. And uh, hopefully those murderers get properly punished for those murders murders use that word going forward anyway ending on a happy note so go get yourself a coca-cola and have a nice day (laughs) um enjoy your tuesdays and never forget i are fat you are fat we are fat Calculator.